Welcome to the Love Cars on the Grid podcast, your global motorsport roundup with me, Tiffany Dell and Paul Woodman. Welcome to Love Cars on the Grid, your global motorsport podcast roundup. It was an incredibly ram-packed weekend of motorsport all over the world there was of course formula one and we've got to talk about the fia formula two formula three super cup poor super cup um plenty of gossip going on with formula one and we have to as i said talk about this fia debacle that seems to be ongoing um wec in japan uh wrc in greece there was indycar in california which i actually watched tiff you'd be pleased about that good 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 nascar uh, world superbikes british superbikes um <laughs> And I think British GT. Oh, yeah. The two home championships. But yeah, so much going on over the world. When we get to the end of the show, there's only about two things on next weekend. It's funny how some weekends just, there's so many championships decided. You know, we had the Formula Two, the Formula Three, the IndyCar championships all ending. So uh, it's quite a, yeah, a lot went on. Yeah, you could, you could probably say the Formula One championship's over as well by now. I think I haven't, I haven't looked at the mathematical statistics, but uh, I think another cruise by Max has pretty much sealed his second title. Well, it's just a different level, isn't it? I mean, you, you know, even when you think Ferrari have got the pace and they, yeah. uh, you know, another another amazing pole position for Charles Leclerc and Ferrari, but but just can't, you know, haven't got the yeah. race pace, and they certainly don't seem to have the race strategy. I think that's. Uh, <laughs> like, uh, uh, we, we think we think A or B. What do you think? Uh, what do you think, Carla? Um, yeah, Michel, Charles, we think B or C. No, we think now Verstappen is going to A or is it B? But what do you think? You can't, you can't ask a driver out there what he thinks. It's, I know the drivers sometimes will say, we, I don't like that decision. But if the driver hasn't got the overall picture of what's going on, Oh, that's just yeah, but so Crofty says that they should be asking a driver, and it's good that they're asking. So Crofty, so is, Crofty uh, thinks, yeah. It. So, not, have you got a proper strategist? I, I don't think Red Bull ever do. I think, um, but uh, I mean, for me, the story of the weekend there was the Cinderella story of Nick De Vries. I mean, I love occasion. And this is what doesn't happen as much nowadays. In the old days, of course, someone maybe you know break a wrist or break an ankle, and you know be out for a few races, and you get a substitute driver in. You know, like I made my Grand Prix debut, you know, but. Uh, you know, having appendicitis this time as motor racing is thankfully not so dangerous. But yeah, Nick coming in and uh, it was a weird statistic that sums up the, the qualifying chaos for these flipping penalties. Because what Nick qualified 13th, but started 8th and finished 9th. And, it's, and he was racing. Again, it shows this sort of... Um, you know, the team's always, oh, we, we can't risk taking a rookie. You know, we've got to have an experienced driver in one of the cars. And then, then Nick looked like he'd been there all his life, didn't he? I mean, he had, yeah, luckily for him, done uh, free practice one, hadn't he, in the Aston Martin. He's done a couple of other free practices. He's a Mercedes protégé all his life. I wonder how um, many drivers have driven two different cars on the same weekend, yeah. <laughs> around the same track on the weekend. Incredibly just to sum it up, uh, how, how I, I mean, it was, a, it was just, it was a Cinderella story. He's 27 years old, oh, no. which is, is shocking. I thought he's still a, a, a young kid. Yeah, uh, it is great. It's great to see. But it took George Russell... Uh, it took Alex Albon three um, drives for Williams to get a point. Robert Kubica, 11 drives. Nicholas Latifi, 28 drives. And a certain George Russell, 48 drives, races, before he got a single point. So, And, and Nick DeFries did it on the first drive. And, of course, very famously has got more points in his one race than, his, uh, than yeah. um, Latifi 
in throughout yeah. the whole season. But yeah, Latifi's was... there for a different reason. He's not there because he's the best driver. No. He's there because he brings the Wonga in. Yeah. But, you know, hopefully the free Albon could be a great pairing next uh, next year, depending on who's going to Alpha Tauri and who's going to uh, Alpine and that all depends on the super license. And we'll come to them. Yeah, the, and we'll come on to, we'll come on to experience because that's really valid now because we can talk about IndyCar. Um, we can talk about F2 and we can talk about F3 because if you're coming from any of those, you've got experience. Okay, maybe not so much F3, but F2, IndyCar... That is experience, and we will come yeah. on to that because it's, it's very yeah. topical. With but behind all that, there was another cruise for Max. I mean, it's just so superior. When he qualified first and started seventh and, of course, came through quite quickly to do it. I mean, so dominant at the moment. It's amazing. But then, of course, we have the controversy of the pace car finish. And then the booing of Max on the podium and a few more of those um, outsides of things going on. And but I don't I, think I they mean, were booing Max, Tiff. I think they were booing... They the booing FIA? the result of FIA. Okay. I mean, it happened yeah, to be enough. that they were booing when Max was <laughs> in shot and uh, standing on the podium. But it, surely it's directed to the FIA because... The yeah, FIA... but the FIA did what they should have done in Abu Dhabi. So why were they booing? Well, I think the point that a lot of people were making was why didn't they, when they knew that it wasn't going to be recovered quickly, why didn't they just red flag the race and have the last three laps? Uh, yeah, but I'm not for that. I know that, you know, that's, that's what, you know, that's entertainment, that's racing. You know, and that's what, of course, what Massey was trying to get in Abu Dhabi, desperately trying to end the race with a race. But, you know, it's a Grand Prix, you know. <laughs> A Grand Prix is won over 72 laps of strategy and a driver conserving tyres and conserving the car and moving to the top of the leaderboard. Not on an argy-bargy into Monza's stupid chicane, you know, on the opening lap, which it would have been. You know, they'd, they'd all had soft tyres on and they'd all gone storming down to that ridiculously tight chicane and they probably would have hit each other. And um, so, I, you know, I'm a bit against that i'm not nobody else seems to discuss what they have at Le Mans or other gt races these um zones because they've got this ability to use um instantly go down to um thingy safety car you know a provisional safety car um alter what's the word for it virtual and they will cruise virtual safety car <laughs> so you could have a virtual zone because the car was parked perfectly safely it just happened to be up against the barrier and it was stuck in gear so you couldn't move it I mean, I in the olden days, you'd just have a waved yellow flag for that zone and you'd just race <laughs> on, you know. This obsession with anything on the track, you know. They, they didn't even have to get the crane out. They could have left it parked there. And uh, just, well, but you can't do that anymore. That's not allowed. Safety might be hit by someone else. Um, but, but the so whole thing with the safety car, how long... I agree with you. Virtual safety car, even just in that one zone, uh, zone or, or, yeah. or, or a virtual safety car... Um, but then how long it took for the safety car to come out was just ridiculous. And then how long it took for the safety car to catch up. If you, if you didn't see it, it, it was like, a, and, and it's long, it's 3.6 miles. It's uh, one of the longest tracks, if not the longest yeah. track at Monza. And uh, it just took an eternity to even get the safety car out there and in the right position. And then you just knew there wasn't going to be any more racing because then they had to unlap themselves. So they did do it properly. Um, I don't mind it ending under a safe car. It's a bit of an anti-climax. I would have loved to yeah, see it. Yeah, anti-climax, yeah. But then it is a bit of a lottery. Then you. But I mean, but, I mean the, the end of the race would have been a bit of an anticlimax. If it hadn't been for the pace car, the safety car, the yellows, we'd have just had five more laps of Max cruising out in front, Leclerc cruising in second place. Uh, there was Leclerc no... was catching him at, uh, at one tenth per lap. <laughs> <laughs> Only another hundred laps and he might have got. <laughs> so I mean, it wasn't going to be an exciting end. You know, it was going to be a cruise to the finish. So I don't well, see why people think they're robbed of an exciting end because it, it would have been an artificially exciting end. And I don't think 
that's got its place in Grand Prix racing. All right. So you think the FIA did the right thing? Yes. Wow. Okay. I would have liked a bit of a razzmatazz and excitement. Well, of course you would be. <laughs> but yeah, oh, I George, can't. George cruising in another another good run for George. Well, there's qualifying side, but these penalties going on all over the place it's a bit mad. It's sort of grid upside down, you know. Well, again, how long that took? How long does it take to work out some penalties? This goes back <laughs> to the point that we discuss on here many times. Should you get for track limits, for example, in race penalties, live penalties? And Tiff's always said no because it takes too long to work it out. I said no, it doesn't. With computers, days it's instant. But of course, look at it. It was, and we'll come on to F three in a minute because that was even worse. Uh, they were all over the base F threes. Lewis anyway, had a very so, slow start and, and managed to sort of have a quite a solid. I think it, it was behind the Alpha Tauri for about five laps. He didn't seem to go anywhere, did he? But uh, when he came through to the end, he, he qualified fifth and started nineteenth and finished fifth. So, so Lewis got back to where he qualified. Was this qualified? What well, science qualified third, started eighteenth, finished fourth. Um, yeah, it wasn't that I don't, I don't like that it's so easy for the fast cars to get through. I don't like that there's such a dominance. A Max Verstappen on, on you know, the first lap, where he was up into and they've got a straight line speed that yeah, he could overtake without DRS. Straight on that, that Red Bull, its aero efficiency is just, I mean, because Alpha Tauri have got the same engines, um, but you know, they, they haven't got the they haven't got they haven't got Adrian no, Newey, yeah, exactly. That's what they haven't got. It's got no drag and it's got grip, which is why you can just cruise by the early laps without DRS. I mean, Sergio again didn't, you know, he, he struggled a bit when he ended up sixth, didn't he, in the end or wherever. Another quiet weekend for Sergio. And, What's uh, going to happen with Sergio Perez? So Red Bull mm, have been ruthless in the past of getting rid of the when they haven't performed. Why don't you get in a. Anything. I think after after sacking Gasly and, and sacking um, Albon, I think they've suddenly realised that Max is so superior to anybody else they put in the other car. They think, oh, well, we, everyone likes Checo. <laughs> Let's keep Checo. Yeah, but, but I, don't, um, I, I don't see that he's, he's... Yes, he's from Mexico and he's uh, got Carlos Slim behind him, but I don't see that he's a, an amazing bubbly personality. He's not. Persona no, like he's not no, he's, no, he's one that mummies, mummies want to hug him sort of parents. Yeah, he's, 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 he's not... <laughs> I, but I, I think they'll realise, but the point is in Mercedes, you get their act together, you know, they've got two number one drivers, you know, yeah. and they're gonna need a they're gonna need a quicker number two at Red Bull. Um, who, whether Gasly goes full circle and goes back there, I don't I can't see who they might put in there at the moment. That's the only problem. Well, of course, in the past over the years, uh the Formula One teams have been able to base their strategies on their drivers because they know yeah. that driver one can yeah. hold up driver uh, driver two can hold up driver three, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. Um and Ferrari can't, they don't have that because they're too inconsistent. The two drivers, are, uh, they're very, very similar, uh, but they're very inconsistent and, and Charles is a little bit faster. Um, Mercedes do have that. They're very similar yeah. in pace, but uh, you certainly don't have that at Red Bull. And Mercedes back, I mean, so McLaren back, Lando got the best of the yeah, rest. brilliant. Had a better weekend. Ricardo, Daniel, he, he actually had not a bad weekend, actually, Ricardo. This is Monza. Monza's <laughs> the only track he seems to gel with his, with his McLaren around Monza. I still I feel sorry for Lando, that Monza win. I think, you know, and Ricardo winning, that was such an injustice to poor Lando. The only time that Ricardo got, got his act together and it became team orders because Ricardo happened to be head of Lando because they were on different strategies. And then the McLaren said, well, you've got to stay in that, in that um, zone. And of course, a lot of strategies at Monza, this sort of choice, it was either a sort of start and reds finish on whites or 
start on yellows and finish on reds and a lot of different strategy caused the, the field to be split for quite a while. Anyway, it was an all right Grand Prix. You know, there's plenty of overtaking here and there. It was an all right. It was a bit of a snooze. but I like the, the crowd. Last, uh, last week in Zandvoort, the crowd were amazing. And this week in Monza, the crowd were amazing. So uh, it helps when the sun's out, I've got to say. But I would have liked to have seen the Ferrari win just for the crowd, but no chance of Max around. Was FIA taking to also taking about a month to decide about the super license? How could it take so long? I think they've got a meeting, I think, today and they've got to sort things out. But either he's got a super license or he hasn't. Make your flipping minds up because, you know, as we said, said earlier, this Alpha Tauri seat, you know, Christian Horner is saying if it doesn't go to. Um, Colton Herter, then it, Gasly will have to stay. Gasly can't go to Alpine. So there's a lot of uh, driver moving still to happen, depending on the who what with the super license. So ne- next week, we'll have a bit of an update on the, the drivers because it's a bit of a quiet week. No Grand Prix for three weeks, actually, until we go to Singapore. But So we'll have a bit of an update on uh, who's in what team. And any comments that you've got or thoughts you've got, let us know below there. But how ridiculous. Colton Herter, seven-time IndyCar winner, current IndyCar driver, and they won't let him race in Formula One or potentially won't let him race in Formula One because he hasn't got the... Terrified, terrified of breaking a rule. Or... Yeah, anyway, it's, it's as, long as, they rewrite, as long as they rewrite the point system next year, at least to make sure IndyCar has got off, better recognition. Off the back of this, yeah, absolutely. Um, Formula Two? Yeah, Formula Two. Formula, we had two champions announced with the driver on the pit wall. <laughs> it, was a, it was a bit of a strange uh, weekend in Formula Two. I mean, obviously, um, Drogovic... Uh, the Brazilian, he deserved his champion. He was well out in front, Felipe, and he was, he had a bad start in the sprint race and got taken out, damaged. So he was um, on the pit wall, but none of his challenges could get any closer. So he wrapped up the title with uh, three races still to run, and but no interest at all in Felipe Drugovic. Um, and it's you know I was think I was quite liked Formula One. I was thinking it has to have an Italian driver or needs it. It's better. It's a better race. You always feel as well, we need a Brazilian. We need a Brazilian. Now we've got a Brazilian that's one dominated the Formula Two Championship, and nobody seems interested in him at all. I mean, <laughs> he doesn't bring he's the got money, to Well, he's got family money. I mean, the family money's got him this far, so maybe, but you know, it's not in the rumors at all. And Teo Porcher, of course, the you know, the young kid that everyone ranked, he had a bad, he's sort of fallen apart in the second half of the championship. Um, so he didn't make it. Um, sprint round I mean, again, they were all over the place for me. So the Monza track, I mean, they're all banging wheels and going off and cutting corners now. And that was driving mad in Formula Two and Formula Three. Again, if, if, if you cut the corner, whole I'm defending, so you go down the inside line at Monza, you are in the lead ahead of the car behind you. The car behind you comes level on the outside. You then break stupid late, cut the corner, rejoin. And apparently, that's not a penalty because you haven't gained a position. No, but you would have crashed defending your position. So I saw the second chicane, they took all the, um, which is quite good, they took the big elephant curbs out um, of the apex, second apex, to stop these poor kids going up in the air. Um, and they seemed quite good, the drivers. They knew when they, done, when they did cut the apex, they would give the place up straight away. And I think, obviously, the drivers brief, they'd really, look, if you don't want curbs, they cause you to fly and, like poor old Abby Eaton, you know, damage your spine. You must give those places back. And I think there's that discipline is beginning to move into to, to motorsport in general, which I think is good. So if we're going to have these chicanes they can cut, they must give those places back. But not. But also you must, if you cut the corner defending by outbreaking yourself, but that doesn't seem to be happening. Yeah. 
I agree. And it just makes it so difficult. Like you said, I've, I was the one that's saying we should have penalties, or <laughs> live penalties. Then we, but, but the drivers will stop. If it, I think it's, it's the same as look at rugby and, and football. We're big sports fans. So rugby, you don't say anything to the referee. If you do 10 yards and, and uh, you get yeah. back 10 yards possession, then football, they surround the referee very famously and uh, mocking him and, um, uh, or her. <laughs> Uh, or they. <laughs> um, so, uh, so, but I think when it's when there's consistency, and when they say this is what we're doing every single race, I think then the drivers will do it. So, but there, it has to be consistent. That's the problem. Is there's n- with the FIA, there seems to be no consistency. It depends on um, who's there From- and how they're feeling. <laughs> Um, the sprint race though was won by Yuri Vips congratulations to him I mean poor kid I mean I know you know you, you can't excuse his racial slur that got him banned from Red Bull lost all his backing and, and he should have won several races earlier in the year he's had a bet I mean you know for him as a human being I'm sort of happy he won a race from the reverse grid um, obviously you know very badly punished for that racial slur but uh, so Yuri Vips won the Estonian when he was playing Call um, of Duty with his yeah, no, still no, no, playing there. a game, no, no, playing a game with your mates. But you know, if the word comes out of your mouth, you're out. Yeah. Um, Jack Doohan, a shame for him. I mean, I'd, I'd, I'd put him Alpine. If Alpine can't get Gasly, I think a story like Jack Doohan, you know, son of motorcycle world champion, and he's really been on fire. He had another pole position, um, a Monza. But um, reverse grid race, I think he just kept out of trouble and finished 10th where he started. But uh, he had some sort of clutch probably couldn't get away on the green flag lap. And then he made an awful start um, for the real grid and dropped about 10th and then clashed with someone at the second sheet came went over the top of someone else. And they were all over them. The first two quarters of the Formula 2 race, it was like end of season, let's go hooli. And they were in the walls all over the place. But I think Jack Doohan, could go straight into Grand Prix car. This fear of, oh, he might crash it and he oh, he hasn't got experience and it's a Grand shame. Prix but got I think, experience. I know, I know. Um, but it was a, the, the veteran, uh, Yehan Daruva, Indian driver, won the, in the vent- eventually won the main race. I think he's um, But he's his third year. year. Third year. I think he hasn't won a, he's won a, a reverse screen race, I think, okay. Yehan. But um, he's an Indian's leading driver. He's Red Bull back, but I honestly don't think he's done to, enough to actually be jumping into a Formula One car. Three years in Formula 3. Now he's in his third year in F2. Um, but, you know, good. it's as good as a, a Latifi or, you know, a Stroll maybe. But just looking, I was looking for the stories. Like Jack we Dewey, don't just seems want, to be someone that's good. We just don't want good. We want exceptional. Values. Exactly. And I think there are some exceptional. So you would give doing the, 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 the drive yeah. over... He wants an Alpine Academy. Well, what's the point of having an Alpine Academy, you know, if you don't put them into the seats when they come available? Yeah. I mean, yeah, I'd probably put... I'd put Doohan in simply because he's an Alpine Academy. And after all the sort of, um, you know, Oscar Piastri leaving his Alpine Academy, it'd be quite nice to see. Red Bull have been good at doing that. They've given their Red Bull top drivers a chance in F1 and then spat them out quickly or put them sideways. See, I just think Jack Doohan, yeah, I think Alpine Academy um, or Drugovic, one of those two, if they can't get Gazdu. Okay. Not Ricardo, anyway. It's probably going to be some name we've never even heard. It probably either well, it's almost <laughs> certainly going to be Ricardo. Otherwise, it'll be some name that we never heard of, but just happens to be linked to this multi-billion-dollar <laughs> sponsorship deal. But the Formula Three title also won. The Formula Three race was best. They actually behaved themselves better than the Formula Two boys. Should be more experienced. Crikey, these lads look young. So, they look so oh, no. young when you see them. But obviously, F three race ended. The main race ended in a shunt that uh, caused a red flag. <laughs> And uh, in the end, it was it was um, 
the French kid who, who won it on the pit wall, um, Martin, Victor Martin, who probably deserved it the most. A lot of other drivers would have done if, uh, Oli Behrman, our British guy, maybe if the Zandvoort red flag hadn't come out and ruined his qualifying lap, which he probably would have got at least six points in Zandvoort weekend without red flag being thrown at the right time. But of course, he could have lost the championship by other mistakes early on in the year. But um, Martin said, I think, a worthy uh, F3 champion, French champion. But yeah, he had to sit on the pit lane while they decide whether to cancel a race or results going back a lap and fiddling around. And it took, took forever. To come. Oh, no. They could have run the, the uh, last few laps again. It, it, yeah, they could have restarted it. They could have counted it back. And then the clock was going and the F1 TV people are saying, you've got to get this programme done. But, but in fact, the star of the whole weekend was Oli Bear, but, um, the British kid. Um, he started sixth. He qualified sixth. He started sixth in both races. Mm-hmm. But in both races, I mean, brilliant driving. On the last lap, both times, he was there with the leader. Um, couldn't quite win it in the sprint race, which was won by the Argentinian Franco Colapinto. Uh, but in the main race, you know, he was up there challenging for the lead, um, having some rather nasty treatment from Zane Maloney, the Barbadian that won the race in the end, who's also come on fire at the end of the season. Um, Maloney pushing, punting him off at the chicane, defending a bit strongly going into that tight chicane uh, so Ollie Bayman really the star two second places but not enough to uh, get him in fact he was third in the point Zane Maloney got second so it was yeah. good stuff and I thought the first the sprint race in Formula 2 the, the three abreast without hitting each other going on everywhere it was very impressive actually quality driving in Formula 3 yeah, I agree. I enjoy watching that. Actually, it's, it's, it just seems to be a, a, a bit more level and a bit. The cars, yes, you have got some. The Primo is obviously very good. And there's some, there's yeah. some good teams, but um, there's not that huge gap that you see in Formula One with the cars. Not as big, anyway. Um, great, poor Super Cup. Yes. Oh, tell me about Harry King. Oh, so nearly. <laughs> <laughs> so nearly. Well, then somebody's, he finally qualified on poles. I think it's his first pole of the year. He's had some second place on the grids. But he got penalised for clattering into the back of uh, the Dutch guy in the first lap in Zandvoort when he did lock himself up going down to, to top Zandvoort at the end of the first lap and clatter into the second place car. So he got a three-place grid penalty. Uh, so he started fourth and worked his way up to second and then he had to catch the leader. It was his teammate, this other very young kid, um, was it Bastien Moose? Uh, but he couldn't quite get by. He got on his bumper with, uh, with two laps to go, but couldn't get away past. So a very strong run from Harry. The win hasn't come this year, but I'm sure he'll be a star of uh, the Super Cup next year. And hopefully a Le Mans driver in five years' time or something, which is the other sort of route young drivers can take if they're not going Formula 1. But now that, you know, um, De Vries has got into Formula 1 age 27, you see all these kids that give up and go GT racing when they're 20 because it's too, too late for Formula 1. It's almost like the Autosport Awards, you know, you have to be under a certain age, 21 or something, to be allowed to enter. Which I always think, I always think it's, you know, it's experience. It's the years you've been racing that counts, not your actual age. Yeah, Paul Woodman could be, would be, maybe. Anyway. <laughs> I like, I like, go, sorry, go back to Nick DeFree's Cinderella story, but I like that he was, he just seems a nice guy. He's a, a, a yeah. lovely kid, but he said, my shoulders are killing me, got bruises <laughs> and bangs all over him. So, so we always say how easy modern-day Formula 1 cars are to drive, which, of course, they are comparatively yeah. to those over the years. But, um, uh, but, but still, it's just all that pressure. Well, he, said, he said when the pace car came out at the end, all of a sudden he relaxed, switched off, and all of a sudden he almost couldn't lift his arms up to turn the steering wheel. There's suddenly that ex- exhaustion. And that's, without, that's with power steering as well, as so you mentioned. that. Yeah, so good for him. 
Um, World Endurance Championship. Nobody really notices it. Nobody watches it because there's only five cars in it. And Toyota, as expected, Dolma back home at Fuji. They fiddled with the balance of power again. A um, little bit of weight off the Toyotas and the Persians. A little bit of power down on the Alpine, which is this grandfathered LMP1 car, which I think is still leading the championship at the moment, somehow. Um, but anyway, Toyota's the dominant one too. Alpine was third, two laps down. The Peugeots, of course, they're only you know they're only running only the second race. A few technical problems. They finished the fourth and twentieth. Um, but of course, no Glickenhaus, so a bit of a damp squid of a race, really. Um, we expected Toyota to be dominant, and they were. So um, that rumbles on. But World Sport, it is coming. It Porsche is coming. are coming. <laughs> Ryan <laughs> Cullen, our mate Ryan Cullen was there. Definitely coming. Uh, with Vector Sport, he was there. They started fifth, got up to third. Um, but, you know, uh, uh, and then I think they finished ninth. So, uh, but what's always a good LMP2 is always great racing, but all yeah. the cars are identical. It doesn't really attract, you know, there's to attract that much attention because you always think, you know, world in you should have different looking cars in every grid. Ja- Jamie Collada won the uh, GT, I think, of GT Pro and the Ferrari. So, a little British success. But really looking forward to World Sports Cars. It's stumbling on to get rid of this season. We're going to have Ferraris in a couple of years. We're going to have Porsches and BMWs. And we've got Audis. I always forget who is joining Chevrolets, Chryslers and things. Well, that's a bit it's going to be great. We Le missed Mans a bit of gossip. Two or three. Who's joining who? Of course, course, Porsche are not joining F1. Oh, yes. So that was a little bit of gossip that we missed in the Formula One wrap-up. Um, are we bothered? Not really. <laughs> no. <laughs> well, Rally Championship has been turned upside down for these last... Um, I mean, Kale Rovampera was, was going to win the championship two rallies ago. He's going to win the championship because he's got such a points advantage that one more decent result. But the Toyota steamroller has uh, floundered. And Hyundai had a 1-2-3. Hyundai, Hyundai. So it's really bizarre that, um, that the team that was in tatters for the first half of the season has come good. Um, Thierry Neuville won, um, who, who crashed out leading Belgium, so he was pretty upset. Octanet came second, but upset. He was told to team orders. Oh, he didn't like that. And they had a one, two, three, Danny Sordo, third. Um, rally started alongside Sebastian Loeb, was leading for Ford. Loeb back in the Ford. Of course, he won the Monte Carlo rally, but Ford had had a pretty miserable season. Uh, just when they thought they might get cheered up with a good result, his Ford broke down. So, um, but even so, Ford still finished fourth and fifth, didn't they? Um, Pierre Loubet, the Frenchman who was who was chasing Loeb early on, was a Ford one-two early on. Uh, he finished fourth. Craig Breed had a few problems, finished fifth. And the first Toyota home was sixth place with the Katsuta. Um, Evans broke down, and Robin Perham knocked the back off his car early on. So, uh, yeah, got a lot of excitement. And of course, the Acropolis rally was very exciting, a real um, tour of. Uh, Damaged in cars, terrible stones and rocks, a tough rally. And going back to WRC3, the juniors, we had John Armstrong equal on points going to this final round, the last round for them. The world boys have got another four rallies or five rallies still to go. Uh, but John Armstrong was vying for the title with the Estonian Robert Viams Viams. Uh, the first day they swapped the lead all the way through the day, but Armstrong had a puncture in the last red day of, of five. He was one minute and 47 seconds down after. Um, at the end of the first, second day. But he clawed it back to 17 seconds off. So he caught one and a half minutes up, but uh, ran out of time. So well done, John. Good for the British, but um, the Estonian wins. Good stuff. Um, All spectacular rallying, but yeah, no, no big controversies. Spectacular and IndyCar don't often go together. Um, no. It was Laguna Seca, which is a spectacular track, but 
bit bit of a funny old track. It's not very good for overtaking. As <laughs> no, no, no. Overtake night. is hard unless you're, unless you're Joseph Newgarden. Wow, well, um, he did some good overtakes, but once that out of the way, there was nothing really else going yeah. on. Uh, so I once Joseph Newgarden, he came from about twentieth up to second, didn't he? Yeah. Wherever he started. There's a lovely problems. time when against what's his teammates here from sorry uh, and they, Will Power. So Will, Will Power, Power was the one. Yeah. He was cruising to a championship wings. So he was a championship leader and he started on pole. He led the way and then uh, Palu got past him first. Alex Palu and uh, then Joseph got by. Yeah, but as you say, there was that radio before he overtook him. They were on the radio, <laughs> weren't they? Yeah, they said, uh, go easy on him. He said, I'll go easy on him if he goes easy on me. And uh, but it's a lovely overtaking. I like I like the look of IndyCar, I like the sound of IndyCar. Yeah, it was some awesome. There's always that dab of opposite lock, isn't yeah. it? Old fashioned, you know, they finish the call. You hear the revs go up as they, as they spin the wheels, and at the same time, the opposite lock goes on. Very low grip track, Laguna Seca. And they, they do slide around an awful lot. That, is that because of the dust of the winter. I think the dust has also sandpapered the surface. I think it's very, it's not much grip on the tarmac. <laughs> the tarmac they seem to spend two wheels on the dirt half the time. It doesn't slow them down too much. Well, they, they did spent... say yesterday that they, because of the, the low grip, I was wondering why it was. You just said maybe you've got to resurface as well, but they, they said they were actually taking a lot of wet lines on some of them and weren't going for the apex on the normal race. Because there's so much dust out. Yeah. yeah. Dirt. Well, they all going off bringing dirt on. Poor old yeah, Callum. Callum, Callum oh, from... sorry, sorry. Oh, Callum. Yeah, no, Callum. <laughs> oh, I mean, I amazing. So sorry. One car team, yeah, one car team. He hasn't got any experience driving with him. He's driving in a single car team. He qualified, I think he qualified third, wasn't it? Third, qualified third. or They qualified second. Second. And then he got pushed back to fourth at turn one. We tried to go around the outside. And then he was running a solid second, third. I think he was leaning at one stage where the others pitted before him. And then when he pitted, first time, comes out of the engine broke. Such a shame. But he's going to be a big IndyCar star. And of course, Tim Callum Eilock, another Ferrari Academy. Yep. Uh, could have been in Formula One this season, you know, but so close to a Formula One drive. But delighted to see he looks like he's going to make a career out in IndyCar. Palo, of course, winning for Chip Ganassi while Chip Ganassi's suing him for $60 million for signing with McLaren or whatever he's suing him for. So quite interested that Palo, I guess his first win of the year, he's the outgoing champion. And suddenly got switched on at Laguna and came from 11th. Uh, he was through to the lead quite early on. The first half race was exciting. The second half was a bit of a cruise. There's lots of laps as well because it's quite a short yeah. circuit. Lots of laps. But the new we... guy, an overtake, blind yeah. crest, you know, last minute diving a full car length inside the car in front of them to say, right, I'm here. I'm here. <laughs> and that's the type of overtake I like. You, you know, full car length. Yeah. Uh, outbreak. Very tricky corner. A real tricky yeah. corner as well. Brilliant, brilliant driving. Tell me, why why do some teams have different liveries on, on the same team? Or is that my imagination? I think it's almost, you have to have it, I think, in IndyCar. It's like, it's a sponsorship for one thing. I mean, I, I remember the McLaren, the old days, they had the Marlborough colours for all over both cars. But I think you do, I don't know if there is a law or not, but yes, they do always have different okay. colours over every car. Because They change cool. sponsors from race to race sometimes. You'll put a new sponsor on, so... Because I'm new to IndyCar, so I've just you know just been watching it since Tiff been raving about it over the years, and uh, and of course you're so used to Formula One, Formula Two, Formula Three with the with the teams in this in the same livery, the same sponsors, same everything. But it looks like maybe they're sponsoring the car and the driver as a part yeah. of the team. So, and a woman driver in IndyCar, Sylvester De Simone, and she you know she was at the back ish, but she she fought through well. I think she finished about fifteenth or sixteenth. Um, so it was good to see her out there. She's you know, on the pace ish. So, so um, yeah, she was, and I don't know whether we have any Americans that that listen to this. Hopefully, we do uh, from people all all over the world. But 
because the Americans have so many commercial breaks, uh, you have we have your commentary, and then it'll stop. You go to a commercial break, and they'll just show. It's quite bizarre, isn't it, Tim? They'll just show the the, the race going on, but with no commentary for about a well, minute. We, we, we usually do have. I think um, the, the British king. He's normally in the studio in London and cuts in, but he was his his system stopped working, so he wasn't on. Uh, okay, that's why. Tom Gainer Gainer comes in. But yeah, it was. I mean, great to watch the cars around the track. I mean, that, that, my rule of thumb is is a formula is only successful if one car going through a corner in front of you is exciting to watch, and that to me is what IndyCar has. You know, a single car going through a corner, plenty of you can see the driver see the steering wheel through his windscreen. Yeah, it's but, lovely. Yeah, yeah, and congratulations to Will Power. I mean, what a yeah. name for a uh, for a racing driver, Will Power. He said he had a bad year last year. This is his second title. He's, he's a very sort of heart on his sleeve Aussie. You know, he's either he's moaning a lot, oh, mate, you know, my lap, mate, oh, mate, or else he's smiling a lot. And he's, his wife was in the pit lane crying and clutching a stopwatch and plenty of drama. So, um, have you yeah, noticed? Will... I did mention this before. Have you noticed that Max Verstappen and lots of the uh, lots of former one foreigners they say mate a lot now as well on, mate, on their radio? Oh, mate. Stuff, right? Yeah, mate. The NASCAR, the other side of the American season, was some pretty exciting racing, but it's a Toyota track. Funny how Toyota could have they dominated the world sports cars. They have been dominating world rally, and they dominate NASCAR when it, whenever it goes to um, where were they? Kansas. Um, it's funny you always think NASCARs look very similar, but there do seem to be some circuits. There's only a Toyota, Chevrolet, and Ford. You know the three makes. Um, but when they, they raced twice, they've already raced at Kansas. The first Kansas race, they were they filled five of the top six places. And uh, this weekend, they had the top three and three out of the top five. Uh, but it was Bubba Wallace came through. There's, interesting, again, not just the Toyota manufacturer, but Bubba Wallace was driving the same car that Kurt Busch used to win um, the race earlier the season. So it's the same car won twice. And Bubba was just in a league of his own. I mean, he just pulled away and left everybody. Uh, because, of course, um, Kurt Busch had this big shunt. He was concussed. He can't do the playoffs. He qualified for the playoffs, uh, but can't do them, which is why Bubba's in his car to win manufacturer's points. Um, so Bubba was pretty a very popular winner. Of course, a lot of controversy with, you know, there was some bad racist stuff against the black driver in, in NASCAR. And uh, he was a bit critical. I think other critics still say he can't drive and he's only got the drive because he's black. There's, there's the other, always the other side of the fence of people... So when he won the race, it was all shush, you know, I've silenced my doubters by this <laughs> dominant win. Um, exciting racing early on. Again, I mean, it's a sort of three wide, one and a half mile oval. Um, some big wall hitters early on. They're going three wide and nudging each other. Some amazing racing early in the race. He got a bit processional towards the end. But Kevin Harvick, <laughs> he had a miserable season, finally won a couple of races right at the end to qualify for the 16 driver playoffs. And then he had that fire, his car burst into flames last week, moaning about the poor build quality of his NASCAR. And this week he lost it himself in some bad turbulence. Dicey with Bubba, actually, right behind Bubba, I think it was, and slammed the wall, so he was out. Tyler Reddick, another front runner in the playoffs, he had a puncture and slammed the wall. Uh, Kyle Busch, another front runner, had a big spin and uh, took a tyre off the rim and recovered to 26. A lot of drama early on. Then Bubba cruised it. Um, and the funny enough, actually, the Toyota that Bubba was driving is a second privately owned team owned by Denny Hamlin. Denny Hamlin, the Toyota factory driver, as it were, for Gibbs Racing. 
and he was he was running seconds. He was he was catching his own team up ahead of him. <laughs> he was interviewed after. Was it an exciting race? Car. What one it was for half the race was exciting, and then it sort of petered out to a bit of a procession. So, if you're into American racing, you could have watched one half of NASCAR and the other half of IndyCar, and you'd have the most. Yeah, you'd have had a great. <laughs> <laughs> Very good, but um, but it's exciting. The playoffs are exciting because you know next weekend there's only one more race now where you have to qualify for the to get into the final twelve. So, for example, you know uh, bottom of the sixteen points is Kevin Harvick, but if he wins Dover, he jumps straight into the final twelve. Um, but the other twelve to sixteen, the four that drop out next weekend, are decided on points. And Kyle Busch, we had his problems. He's on the outside at the moment of points. Tyler Reddick, had his problems, just inside. So, again, all this excitement and drama builds up with the way they cut it from 16 to 12 to 8 and then the final four. So, I love the playoffs. Get in there. Get understanding the point <laughs> system. Because there'll be dice. There'll be, I mean, the next weekend in Dover, right, which is a one mile, it's called the, um, the Monster Mile. So, there'll be someone in, in maybe 28th place he's had problems and if he can finish 26 he'll get the two extra points to go in the bubble or out of the bubble so this bugs because the points is literally each position so literally the place you're in is a point and if you go past one person or if someone up ahead in fifth takes sixth of someone else they'll take a point of someone and, the, and then you can drop out of the bubble and the other guy gets in it so throughout the field dover drama points i mean the boys in F1, they'd be going crazy with all the points. He'd be constantly, you know, he'd be just going through all the points, permutations, every lap. Literally every lap, it changes. Have a heyday. You'd have a heyday. I'm going to usher you on because um, I love that you're passionate about NASCAR, but you speak about NASCAR more than anything else. We've got so much to go through. You've got to go and play golf. It's early on the morning. I know. Monday. What's the time of the day? I'm going to be on the road. So, World Superbikes. The other bikes, of course. Um... World Superbikes. Yeah, build a drama there because, it's, of course, it's the Jonathan Ray, Top Rack Brothers, Gakliogu, Alvaro, Bautista trio. And Bautista, the Ducati, still leading the championship. But in race number one, both Jonathan Ray and Top Rack fell off on their own accord. Both crashed. Talk about his bikes. How often this happens. I know. So Bautista cruised to a race one win for Ducati, but then Raz Gakliogu was on the form, won the other two races to close the gap on Bautista at the top of the championship. Meanwhile, Jonathan Ray took Bautista out in another crash. So race two, Ray, uh, Kawasaki, took uh, Bautista down. Uh, and the final race, Jonathan Ray took second place off Bautista, I think, on the last lap. So lots of drama. It's the three of them. It's a three-man show. Um, staying on bikes, British Superbikes, talk about threes. Um, Bradley Ray has been getting quicker and quicker on this Yamaha. First year, I think he's had the Yamaha. Had a hat-trick, won all three, and now leads the uh, um, title points before they go to playoff system. I'm not sure quite how their playoffs work out. I'll find it out. Well, you, no. I'll leave that job for you. Okay, thank you. That's up at Snetterton. Do they do the whole um, Snetterton 300? Or yeah, yeah, the big yeah. one, yeah. It's, yeah. I love, I like Snetterton. It's a good track. And the other championship in Britain, the British GT. So we had two places to go and watch film racing, good at the Grand Prix circuit. Always great spectator track. A, a tearful story for the Mercedes of the father and son, Richard and Sam Neary. When two laps to go and their Mercedes and the fuel pump packed up. <laughs> I do feel for people when that happens. <laughs> but actually, to show how, how interesting British GT is, I mean, the race was won by McLaren, second place a Lamborghini, third place a BMW M4, and in fourth place a Mercedes. So lots of variety in British GT. This GT3, fantastic championship. Um, the Lamborghini of Adam Ballon and Sandy Mitchell 
um, run by a team called Barwell Motorsport, which I think my brother works for. Yeah, but no favouritism. Anyway, <laughs> their second place brings them closer to the championship leader, Ian Logie, who only, the Mercedes, who only managed sixth place. So it all goes to Donnie's for the grand finale in a, in a few weeks' time. So um, lots of excitement in British GT. And that was about all I could report up from the world of motorsport well, this weekend. It was, and it was a very sad week for us being British because we lost our monarch. We lost uh, Her Majesty the Queen. Um, so uh, we pay our respects to her now and, um, and wish King Charles III. Uh, God I save the king. Crikey, yeah, some, um, some footsteps to follow, aren't they, with, uh, yeah. with her? But um, thanks for joining us. She, she was wonderful. Next she week, was. then, only got two things. MotoGP. Um, yeah. from Aragon that would be spectacular and it's spectacular circuit and NASCAR at the Dover's Monster Mile everybody and else gonna, is having a rest we're going to go through each team each Formula 1 driver and uh, see who's sitting in what seat so uh, join us for that that should be quite interesting as well cheers, cheers. guys <laughs>